0: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we wrap up our study of the politics behind what was known as the Reed-Smoot hearing. Reed Smoot was a man who was elected to the Senate from the state of Utah, and there were a lot of questions, primarily from the Salt Lake Ministerial Association, regarding Smoot coming from a state that was secretly practicing polygamy, even though they had promised the government they were no longer going to do that, that a man like that was not fit to be in the U.S. Senate. And so they were trying to prevent Reed Smoot from being seated as a senator from the state of Utah. In order to get to the bottom of this, other senators had a hearing, and they called President Joseph F. Smith, who was president at the time, Joseph F. Smith, the sixth president of the church, to come and answer questions. And the book that we are going to, Saints, Boldly, Nobly, and Independent, this is the third history book titled Saints, third in four volumes, it actually is quite candid on this, where it says outright on page 105 that when asked these questions— President Smith avoided disclosing what he and other church leaders knew about new plural marriages. He knew Congress would condemn him and the church if this information came to light in the investigation. So he's not answering the questions
1: with total honesty. It goes on and says, Furthermore, his guarded answers to the committee's questions were based on his understanding that saints who practiced plural marriages after the manifesto did so at their own risk. For this reason, he believed the manifesto had not forbidden him and his wives or any other plural couples from discreetly continuing to honor their sacred temple marriage covenants to each other.
0: Now, the manifesto found at the back of the Doctrine and Covenants doesn't go into that kind of detail. He's kind of reading in between the lines to come up with this conclusion. Remember, the manifesto was a promise made by the fourth president of the church, Wilfred Woodruff, to the federal government that they would no longer be practicing or solemnizing new plural marriages. Joseph F. Smith knows that's still being done. He knows that that's not really truthful. The thing that gets me, though, Eric, is he keeps going back to, well, this is what my religion tells me. And I want to go back to what does your constitution say in the state of Utah? As I've been mentioning all week, it says specifically that polygamous or plural marriages are forever prohibited. And the context is in the state of Utah. So he's violating his constitution. So somehow the LDS people feel that they are above the constitution of their own state. Apparently Joseph F. Smith thinks that he is. But
1: then it goes on at the bottom of page 105. When Robert Taylor asked him if he thought it was wrong to continue living with the plural wife, President Smith said, that is contrary to the rule of the church and contrary as well to the law of the land. But he then spoke openly of his refusal to abandon his large plural family. I have cohabitated with my wives, he said. They have borne me children since 1890. Since that was a violation of the law, said Taylor, why have you done it? I preferred to face the penalties of the law rather than abandon my family, the prophet replied trying to root out the names of men who had married plural wives after the manifesto, the senators asked him about the marriages of the apostles and several other members of the church. The chairman of the committee also asked President Smith if he himself had performed any plural marriages after the manifesto. No, sir, I never have, the prophet replied. He then followed his response with a carefully worded statement designed to prevent further scrutiny. There have been no plural marriages solemnized by and with the consent or with or by the knowledge of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, he said. Since the manifesto, a senator asked. I mean that, of course, President Smith clarified. In making this statement, he was not denying the existence of post manifesto plural marriages. Rather, he wanted to draw a subtle distinction between the practices the church and his council sanctioned, and those that individual church members chose to follow according to their consciences. The saints had indeed sustained the Manifesto in 1890, so the plural marriages performed by church leaders had taken place without the consent of the church as a whole.
0: But Eric... We don't see anywhere where the church disciplined those people for doing that. If they knew they shouldn't be doing that and weren't going to give them their official approval, aren't they kind of giving their unofficial approval by not disciplining anybody who's doing exactly what the manifesto said they should not be doing? This sounds like double talk to me. Certainly, Joseph F. Smith knows exactly what he's doing. He's still not being clear, and I think he's probably hoping that the ignorance of the senators regarding what the Latter-day Saints believe— is going to help him out in this area.
1: And what you're saying is brought out in the next two paragraphs, because it goes on, and this is another senator asking, if an apostle of the church had performed such a ceremony, would you consider that being with the authority of your church? Listen to how Smith replies. If any apostle or any other man claiming authority should do any such thing as that, He would not only be subject to prosecution and heavy fine and imprisonment under the state law, but he would also be subjected to discipline and excommunication from the Church by the proper tribunals of the Church. Now, we do see a couple of leaders who do get excommunicated after 1904, but Bill, how many people were excommunicated before 1904 for doing the very thing that they are being accused of doing?
0: Well, wouldn't you think that would also include Joseph F. Smith? Yes. I mean, he's admitting all this, and yet he doesn't seem to have any repercussions from doing this. Well, he's the president of the church. Who's going to tell him he can't do what he wants to do or say what he wants to say? I'm just thinking if I'm a Latter-day Saint reading this out of this church-published history book, I'm having some real conflicts here with putting my trust in this man who's supposed to be a prophet of God within the chain of succession of my church. And yet it seems to me he's playing fast and loose with words. And like I said, he's kind of hoping the ignorance of the senators will let him skate by this
1: one. It continues on page 107, after completing his testimony, which lasted five days, President Smith felt he had followed divine guidance in the witness chair. He said, I firmly believe the Lord did the best he could with the instrument through whom he had to work.
0: Whoa, whoa, let me stop you there, Eric. (laughs) I firmly believe the Lord did the best he could with the instrument through whom he had to work. Instrument through whom he had to work? I'm thinking what he did the best he could with the evidence that was there that could not be totally talked about. By Joseph F. Smith, as we read earlier in the book, he knows what he can't say. He knows he can't be totally honest about this. And he's crediting the Lord with a victory in this? That sounds pretty twisted to me. I'm sorry, I'm having a real problem with that. It goes on to say, still, his testimony provoked public outcry when it was published in the newspapers. People across the United States were shocked to learn that President Smith still lived with his five wives. It goes on to say on the next page, page 108, that Smith had assured the committee that church officials would discipline saints who performed new plural marriages in violation of the manifesto. He was now bound to give the Senate stronger proof that he and the saints were serious about stopping new plural marriages. But Eric, isn't that basically what they were saying in the first manifesto? So he's merely saying, well, now we really mean it whereas we really didn't mean it before. How is that giving real assurance to the Senate? Now, apparently they went along with it because Reed Smoot was eventually seated and the controversy subsided. But I'm not seeing this as being all that convincing. What he's basically saying is, hey, you know what we said back in 1890 that we didn't really follow through? Well, I'm promising you we're going to follow through on that now. And so what happens? On April 6th, 1904...
1: On April 6, 1904, the last day of general conference, he stood at the pulpit of the tabernacle and read a new official statement on plural marriage in the church. Quote, "...inasmuch as there are numerous reports in circulation that plural marriages have been entered into, contrary to the official declaration of President Woodruff, I hereby announce that all such marriages... Are prohibited. The statement did not condemn the 200 or so couples who had entered into plural marriage after the manifesto or censure those who had continued to live with their plural families since that time. Yet it declared that new plural marriages were forbidden from now on, even outside the boundaries of the United States. Let me stop you there. The statement
0: did not condemn the 200 or so couples who had entered into plural marriage after the manifesto or censure those who had continued to live with their plural families since that time. Why not? Because you would have to condemn the current president of the church, Joseph F. Smith. And also, they did not censure those who had continued to live with their plural families since that time. Why? Because you would have to censure the current president, Joseph F. Smith. He was guilty of both of those. Latter-day Saint, do you not have a problem with this? I mean, really, as I said earlier, all he's basically doing is making the same promise in 1904 that they had made in 1890. What we're gathering from this is now Joseph F. Smith says, whereas before we really didn't mean it, and this is why I've often prefaced the 1904 manifesto as the now we really mean it manifesto, now they're going to put some teeth behind the decree. Why is that? Why do you think they're making this change now?
1: Imagine you're sitting in General Conference, April 6, 1904, when he's talking this way. This is what it says on page 108 at the bottom. And again, just kind of think of yourself as being there. And it says, after reading the statement, which became known as the Second Manifesto, President Smith urged the saints to be united in their support of this new declaration and restore the government's confidence in them. Where the manifesto had revealed that the church was no longer under the command to practice plural marriage, this new statement acted to stop new plural marriages from that time forth. He hoped it would put an end to claims that church members were not law-abiding citizens. Well, I'm sitting in here and I'm thinking to myself, oh yeah, I thought we did that back in 1890, and now you're telling me we weren't doing it? All the way until 1904, and here we are, having to come up with the Second Manifesto. It's very confusing if I'm in that audience, but I think, as you're saying, Bill, I think it should be confusing for a 21st century Latter-day Saint reading this. Aren't they concerned about the Church's lying for 13 years about what they were not supposed to be doing?
0: And even that line at the end of that paragraph on page 109, Eric, that Joseph F. Smith hoped it would put an end to claims that church members were not law-abiding citizens. I could be wrong on this. I'm not a lawyer. But when your state constitution said that polygamous or plural marriages are forever prohibited, I don't read in there that it's only talking about the ceremony. I'm reading in that that it's the relationship, a polygamous relationship or a plural marriage relationship, one man with more than one living wife. That's in the state constitution. So how does this put an end to the claim that church members were not law-abiding citizens? It sounds like they are certainly still violating their own constitution in the state of Utah.